and welcome to all things YJ. My guest this week, this is pretty amazing. We've got from Fort Lee, New Jersey, from Dollard 76, Lenny Saunders, and not to be outdone from Dollard 78 in Portland, Maine, Dave Abramson. Guys, welcome. What's up, Itzy? Hey, happy to be here. Uh, you guys, you know, I was a camper in the in the early '80s, and these guys were fixtures. But these guys were campers in the '70s, so that's where we're going to start off this week. And we'll start with you, Len. Len from Fort Lee, New Jersey. How'd you find out about CYJ up in Amherst, New Hampshire? Uh, well, first of all, do I still have to address you as Mr. Iskowitz, as you said, or uh, you whatever you feel comfortable with, Len? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my brother actually, who's older than me, went to the camp uh, before I did, but. In my temple, they were very well connected to YJ. Um, and my mom did voluntary work at the temple. And I guess they worked something out where, you know, I could go to the camp, you know, because of her volunteer work. Um, so that's pretty much how I got connected with the camp. And, and that was my first year back in 1971. And my brother started in 1968, I think it was. That was, that's Howie, Howie Saunders. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, if those of us who grew up in boys' area would see your names all over the bunks, there's very few bunks still uh, alive or still uh, up that have your names on it. But people always ask, "Who's this Len Saunders?" His name is everywhere. Yeah, that was and, my goal. <laughs> well, that's a good goal, Abe. How did you guys get started in Portland? I know you had a whole contingent come down. Well, you know, it, it's funny. Um, no one in Maine that I knew of went to camp except for one person. And the one person only was Dave Omar Sheriff. And his his mom was very good friends with my mom and talked about YJ. And uh, I'd been going to a, uh, um, a um, seat, well, I guess you could say a, a Jewish day camp here in, in Maine. And uh, my mom thought it'd be great to just ship me away, just wash her hands of me. And uh, off I went. And fortunately enough, I had known uh, Dave Sheriff uh, when he was in Portland, obviously older, and he was he was my brother's age. And he um, uh, was my bunk two counselor. So that was that was the added benefit of having somebody that I actually knew. But he and I were the only ones from Maine. Ah, and, so, uh, yeah. So a Dave Sheriff connection. Yes. We love that. Now, Dave, for those of you guys listening, was a counselor, a camper and a counselor and a programmer and led an Israel trip uh, in 82. He led the 82 trip with uh, Robin Reisman. This is the stuff, Lenny, you know, I know right off the top of my head. Well, of course. You're like you a know. camp historian. We know that. We do know that. It's it, That's why we do these things and talk about camp history. So for you guys, and either one of you guys can answer, what was it like being a camper in the 70s? You mean, this is like right after Vietnam too, right? You know, and, and the whole 60s have just ended and you guys have just started camp. I know Len, you started in 71, Abe started in 73. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So what, what was it like being, was it, did that have an effect on the campers or was it just this new place for you guys to go? It was like a safe haven camp. You went there, you felt like you were with family. You know, you went there every year and you couldn't wait to get there. And, you know, you look at pictures now back then and, you know, people had the, the short shorts on and the socks that went up past the knees and the long hair. And, you know, you look back and you say, did we really look like that back then? But, um, no, you didn't, you felt, 
very comfortable. It was such an amazing atmosphere and, and you just couldn't wait to get there. And when camp ended that last day, everybody cried and just couldn't wait to come back the following summer. It was just an amazing feeling. How about you? How about for you, Abe? Well, um, yeah, I, I think Lenny's recollection is perfect, except, you know, I always thought of him as being six, five, but figured out it was just the Afro. Uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, but I can tell you that uh, I felt the same way when when camp ended. I you know you were sad to say goodbye to your buddies uh, back then. Of course, no no email. So every so often you get uh, uh, you know a terribly written letter from some kid because your parents wouldn't uh, let you make a long distance call to any of these guys. But um, uh, you know, couldn't wait for uh, another season to come and look forward to the reunions, going to Newton to see everybody at, uh, I think it was what, Temple Emanuel maybe? Yeah, back then it was, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so it was, um, it, you know, it was a great place to go where uh, the friends that you had were nothing like the friends that you had at home. It was just two different, two different uh, dynamics there. You know, you had great friends at home, but you had even better friends at camp. Right. Like what Len said, you could, you know, you felt it's a safe haven, so you could be yourself. Right. And that's what camp allowed you to express your individualism. And it still does to this day. And those things that you guys both said about the last day at camp and everyone crying, it still happens, which is awesome. Even with all the social media and that the fact that you can text or FaceTime your friends. Like hey, that. I know but, for a fact that that Lenny and I did not cry. <laughs> we'll, we'll check the books on that one. We definitely so, so how did you do? Were you guys friends as campers, or did you guys become friends as staff? I think it was more staff because I remember back then, like like playing staff basketball was always a big deal. Like we never lost. Like the, I don't know if they still do it now, but like the staff always played other camps, and um, and we always played, and we would like crush every other other camp. And I remember, like I saw Dave walking up, I'm like, wait a minute, this guy's really tall. And I remember going up to him and like, do you play basketball? You know, and, uh, you know, I think that's how we started connecting because we both like, like love playing basketball and, you know, it was just well, a, a good connection right off the bat. And, and honestly, Dave's like a brother to me. I mean, we, we, we connect often. We talk, I don't know, a couple of times a week, I think, or at least once a week uh, great. to this day. And, you know, we just had an instant connection as, as buddies and, you know, I, I was at his wedding and his wedding party. He was in my wedding party when we got married and, you know, our wives know each other and, you know, I consider him like a brother, you know, that's how, how close we are. That's great. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Len to this day is, you know, my closest friend and I do consider him like a brother clearly. And, uh, you know, from the very beginning, it was really weird because when, when I was a camper, I knew him as being, um, you know, a couple bunks, uh, you know, beyond me, although I was, I was with a group of, you know, the Dullard for a while, but what would be the Dullard 77 guys, or yeah, I guess the 77 guys that, um, that um, I was with just probably because I was bigger or whatever, one of the old, one of the younger kids in the bunk, but I always knew who Len was and he was, you know, Mr. Athlete, obviously at camp as a camper and uh, and he was almost as good as I was as a camper, but anyway, um, so, but what ended up happening was, uh, that I think it was the first day of orientation when I came back to camp, it was 83 and, 
and uh, uh, I saw Lennon immediately. He was like the first one that I recognized from from back in the day. Right, you had missed a few years, correct? Yeah, well, I missed I missed one in between. So it was 73, 74, 76, 77. So I missed the the you know the the dollar you know year there because um, they only had the one bunk and I was the odd man, man out because I missed one year. So, but in any event, I saw Len and I remember when this was, I saw him walking towards the basketball court uh, right beside the upper, upper boys area bathhouse. And I saw him, I'm like, damn, that's, I knew exactly who it was. I'm like, that's Len Saunders. So I went up to him and we started talking and instantly it was like he said, I mean, it was a great connection and I think we went on the court that day, started shooting around and we, uh, you know, just hit it off. And like one said, I mean, I, th I think we took the majority of our days off together. He came to Portland or to Boston where, you know, my mom was living at the time on the 25th floor, Jamaica Plains Tower. Um, and we take a day off and <laughs> the pastime was making paper airplanes and seeing if we can hit store or drive. So, uh, yeah. So, um, but yeah, we, we uh, you know, developed an instant connection and, uh, you know, the families are really tight and, you know, we, uh, you know, are just, you know, very, very, uh, uh, I, I, speaking for Len, I just think we're really grateful for that, that experience, that connection we got and, and the fact that we're still very tight. And that's the influence that camp has on people. You yeah, know, exactly. Right. Exactly. So Abe, what are Lenny's? What were Lenny's two? Uh, what were his two nicknames? If you know him so well, here throw out a little trivia for you. Uh -huh. Oh man, wow, that's going back. Uh -huh. Yeah, Lenny knows. Uh, no, can Abe on the spot here? Well, I don't. Jeez, you know, I can't say it was Len so fine because there was someone else that had <laughs> that. That, 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 that was out. I'll was, give you a hint. I was thinking. I was thinking silk. I was thinking silk. That's correct. Silk is, is that correct. Right? Yeah, smooth as silk, right, Len? Yep. Yeah, and then uh, there there was another one called Huh, H-U-H, Huh. Yep. Because then <laughs> every plaque would say Lenny Huh Saunders, or other, other ones would say Silk Saunders. So there you or, go. You know, like, That's because you people from Massachusetts don't like the New Jersey accents. When you hear something, you know, how you doing, or huh? You, know, you, you guys never adjusted to that. <laughs> well, we did because you were there. How's that? Okay. How's that? Ah, there you go. So now let's let's go back on the timeline here. So you got Len, you're in Donald '76 with Margie Chebatarev and Greg Kerhan, who's also on the board, as is Dave Abramson right now. Uh, and so Len, they announced the first Israel trip, and the, you you didn't go to camp. You didn't go to the Israel trip, and you didn't go to camp that summer. Is that correct? Yeah, I took I took off that year. Um, you know, it it, it was uh, a tough thing for me, but um, I knew I'd come back the following year and, and work in the kitchen and the kitchen crew. Um, but yeah, I was there for the first year that they, they had it. I just didn't go. Right. Right. I mean, it's a small trip by, uh, you know, 10 or 12 people or something like that. But so what was it like working in the kitchen back in the old, back in the ODH as we, uh, affectionately call it now the old dining hall. That was, um, it, it, that was a, a little rough. I'm not going to lie. Um, you, you definitely worked so hard in the kitchen. I mean, but you didn't really, at that time, you didn't really feel like you were part of the camp experience. Um, because you woke up very early before, you know, everybody else did. You, you got to that kitchen, you got everything set up, then you had to clean up. By the time you're done cleaning up, it was ready for lunch. So you had to get set up for lunch. It was just a whole pattern. And then after dinner, you barely made it to even activity to hang out for a little bit. 
So you, you definitely felt a little bit, you know, distant from the camp. Right. Um, like removed, right? Yeah. yeah. And that, that yeah. was always a little rough for me because you really worked hard. I mean, I, I remember my hands were like at, at the end of the summer, they were all dried and bloodied from, you know, the dishwasher and, and washing and drying all the pots and pans. And I just never forgot that. I, I really felt like, uh, you know, I worked my, my tail off that summer. Um, but, you know, you still got to see your friends and that was good. But I, like I said, I just didn't feel like I was part of the camp. Right, I hear you. So then in 78, Abe, you weren't at camp in 78, correct? Right, right. So Len, you come back in 78 for your first year on staff. What, what Do you remember what age group you had? For me, I was a counselor in bunk seven at bunk that seven. time. And it's like upper bat. Yeah, and then at that time it might have been Gimmel. But, it was no okay, um, okay. I, I remembered I stayed with those kids all the way up to Dalit. Um, every year I moved up with them. Um, so the, those are like uh, David Sternlich and Larry Claff, those guys. Yeah, that age group. Yeah, yeah, those are, that was they, they were in Dollar my first year in '81, and I remember you were in that you were a Dollar concert along with Norm Abramson and uh, Natan Abraham, who was right. also in your Dollar. Right, right, yeah. exactly. So, so, that's crazy. And so, what was it? Do you remember the hiring process? Did you have to apply to to Charles, we're talking about Dr. Rotman, Charles Rotman, who was the director of YJ from 66 to 1992. Did, what was that like? Did, do you remember that process at all? I mean, Char- Charles and I actually had a really good relationship. Um, I, 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 I mean, I adored the guy. I really did. I mean, I, I could talk about that later on. But, um, you know, he would just call me up on the phone and we'd talk and he'd tell me what he wanted. And I'd be like, that sounds good. You know, I never, you know, gave him a hard time about, anything you know whatever salary he offered me and that's fine i was just happy to, to be there you know like i, I would have paid them to work there that's how much i love the place so you know going back there as, as a staff member was, was a lot of fun and i just enjoyed it so much that's great and no, no so abe so you were gone for how many years between camper and staff Jeez, probably five six years five six years yeah so, so you know, you know, like you were talking about before, in '83, you come back and you see Lenny during orientation, and you and and Lenny said this right before we started recording. It's like you're just picked up where you last left off, which is that's like a, one of those things about CYJ. I'm sure other camps too, but that is a big thing about YJ is that you you know you haven't seen any anybody in a couple of years, but boom, you're like back as if we just saw each other ten minutes ago, right? Is that for me or Len? It's just in general. Jake, you guys can just, you know, talk about that in general. Well, I'll, I'll tell you just, you know, just as an aside, I mean, yeah. you know, seeing seeing Len there was great, but there were also other people on staff that I remembered as campers. Oh, sure. Who were, who were those folks? He's probably right. talking about all the females he had crushes on. <laughs> now now I'm really afraid. Um, all right, right. No, Keep actually. Clean boys. So. <laughs> So, uh, geez. So, who was who was there? Well, Leslie um, Hecht Finger, you know, was there, and and uh, uh, Paul Paul, I think, might have even been there in '83, and then wasn't there. Leslie took over, but Leslie was there. Janet Marshall, I remembered her being there, um, and uh, Lori Friedman, all you know, uh, former campers that were on staff at the time. And uh, uh, I think, um, geez, who else was uh, was there? Was, was Karen there? Was Karen Potishman on that staff? She, kind of, she was. She was a counselor. Yeah, I think Karen. Karen 
was there the year before I got yeah, it. Okay, okay, yeah. But like speaking of Janet, Lenny, you took your first Israel trip with Janet uh, Smith or Janet Mar uh, Janet Marshall Smith, right? Uh, back in '84, which happened to be uh, my sister's trip. And what was that experience like? Well, I mean, first of all, we had we had to keep your sister out of trouble all the time. Yeah, of course. Um, but no, that <laughs> that was an amazing experience. I actually did it twice. I did it with Nancy Berkowitz a couple years later, but um, that was amazing. I mean, Janet was awesome. Um, but we had such a good time and, you know, like I, I look back at it now, I'm like, wow, you, you're taking like 20 something, 16 year olds to Israel, you know, they're unleashed away from their parents. And, uh, it was, you know, back then I thought it'd be like, oh, it was fun. And, but I think back now, like looking at it, it was such a big responsibility for, you know, any God, not leader to, to do that. You know, you're, you're just in the middle of another country watching all these, you know, rowdy teenagers who want to you know, have a great time and, and trying to keep them all, you know, in, in, in check, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the number. You got to keep them safe and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, I mean. So, so that's great. You had, So you, you didn't go on the first Israel trip, and then a few years later you get to lead one, and then a few years later after that you lead a second one. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was awesome, and, and I got to experience it, you know, later on, which was nice because I, I – you know, I, I honestly, the first time they went, I was nervous about it. I, I didn't know much about going to other countries. And, but, you know, my only traveling was going up to Amherst, New Hampshire, pretty much as a kid. Um, you know, going to another country to me wasn't a big deal at that time. So as I matured and got older, I'm like, wow, this is an opportunity for me to, to go, you know, go back and see, you know, you know, Israel and stuff. And I had family there. I got to visit them, which was nice. Um so yeah, it was a great experience altogether. That's amazing. It's you know, and then and you had such an all-star trip as well. You know, uh, Andrea Malkin Brenner, who's on our board of directors as well, was on that trip. My sister, I said, the Davidson twins, Stephanie Ratner, and Lynn. The good thing is that the plaque still hangs right above the stage at Ulam Levine, the red plaque with God Nine Eighty Four. So, and that was a special group of, of people. Like I mean, we we were all so close and. You know, at the time they were kids, but they were so respectful uh, of our, our wishes. You know, I know they did some things behind the scenes. I mean, that's obvious going to happen no matter what. Um, but they were they ne were never disrespectful, always a lot of fun, you know, didn't look at us like the enemy. You know, we were part of the group and it, it was a really a truly nice group of, of kids that were going at the time. And that's a great, you know, that's I, I would great. never trade that in for for anything. Yeah, just the experience alone. And so, so Lenny's in Israel in '84. Abe, you're, was this the year you were an area head? Yeah, I started out. Um, yeah, as uh, assistant head, and uh, it was with uh, was it Greg Cohen? Was it Greg, Greg Cohen? Cohen? Yeah, it was yeah. Greg Cohen. Yeah, and uh, so that was great. And I shared, um, gosh, I shared um, the upper tunk with. I think that year is with uh, John Rotman. Yeah, John Rotman, Charleston. So Greg Cohen, for the, all of you guys listening, Greg Cohen was a, a assistant head of the waterfront for a couple of years, and then he became an area head. And he, he was the guy who would always say, gentlemen, gentlemen. He would always call us gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's right. That's yeah. right. But like we were being a camper at that time, we looked up to you guys and, and Lenny as well. It's like you guys were bigger, larger than life, you know, to when you're, you're little kids like us back when you're 12, 13, 14 years old. And you got these guys who are former campers, but they're like, you, you want just like today, the campers want to emulate the counselors. And, and I want to thank you guys for being role models like that. Yeah, I remember, Steve, we used to go to the athletic shed and put out the mat and we'd be working out. You'd be working out with me and, you know, 
it was it was like you were like a little brother to me at the time. You know, we, we did every we, we did a lot together when you were. Yeah, yeah. I we did. That. I think that was the last time I worked out. Probably. <laughs> and then you started well, growing you that know, beard. Of course, of course, I tried to make you. You know, I I tried to give you encouragement when I'd go by and see you guys lifting behind the A shed there. <laughs> yeah, Dave was back there like cheering us on while he's eating pizza and donuts when we're working out. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Because I could get away with it sometimes, yeah. but you know. <laughs> that's really funny so that era I'll, you know camp was led by charles rotman and Stu paskin what was it like having them as you know kind of your bosses your leaders um, well, for, for me uh, i mean th- those were two amazing individuals um both of them very rough around the edges you know very very firm and and you know very author- authoritative in their ways um but they were two amazing men in general and and you know i got to see a different side of them many times um they both had great sense of, of humor i mean once you get to talk to them um they they were that's a lot of fun to be around when when, when camp is done and you, you know you meet them after camp hours you know you know whether it was up at brandeis or you know one of those friday night you know parties they had they were going no to yeah they were completely different but um two two guys who were like fixtures for me every year you know i would go up there i know charles would be director you know meeting you on the first day always out there waving and saying hello welcome back and you know still you know he was either head of boys area or a program director and you know i never saw two men work so hard and and be such great role models and true professionals and and really made camp tick i mean they they were the pulse of the camp and and I, I always look forward to seeing them every year and, 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 and you know, get to know them more and more. Abe, I was telling Lenny earlier before we started recording that it was like that was like a golden era of camp. And, and you know, we're there, but we don't realize it because we're just a camp. And, and uh, the influence and impact that Charles and Stewart had now we're talking about it 30, 40 years later. It's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. You know, it's it's I I you know, agree wholeheartedly with, with Len. I think my, when I was a camper, you know, especially Charles was kind of like a larger than life guy. You know, of course the staff would, would, it was really funny when he would come down from up top with Brandeis, you know, you would have someone in the dining hall saying, you know, Charles is coming down. And then there'd be a phone call that would be made to the A-shed. And Len would pick up, yeah, Charles on the way. And and down to the waterfront, and everybody would kind of have that signal thing going on. The campers kind of knew that, too. You know, I kind of knew that, that you know, he, I mean, he just felt larger than life. Um, and, and Stu was a little bit the same way, you know. Uh, they came off as being, you know, the kind of like the, the disciplinarian, so to speak, in, in the campers' eyes and maybe – a number of the counselors, but like Len said, you know, once you got to know them, they were great. They had, you know, dry senses of humor, but you know, I, I feel, I felt very privileged. I, I remember making the phone call. I just had this idea, you know, that I'd like to go back to camp and be a counselor, get on staff. And I remember calling Charles um, and talking to him personally and saying, you know, I'd like to come back to camp. And we talked for you know, probably 20 minutes. And he said, uh, so I'd love to have you. And uh, came back and, you know, the first year you're a little tentative. You just don't know what to make of him. And, and soon as time went on, you know, I think there was some on the staff 
and and those those staff members know who they are. There's some members of the staff that felt incredibly comfortable with them and, and appreciated them for who they were and got to know them, um, you know, a little bit, you know, more than, you know, the average bear, so to speak. And he, you know, Charles would, you know, it's it really funny. One, one little story, you know, Charles would have me come up to the cabin, to the director's cabin. And, and I'm wondering why I'm coming up to the director's cabin, right? Did I yeah. do something wrong? And, I'd go inside and his wife, Iris, would, would give me a soda, say, here, here you go. And I can't remember if I asked for it or just came out. And I think I was there for maybe seven minutes when all of a sudden Iris would, Iris would say, okay, thank you for coming. And basically, <laughs> got out of the cabin. And it was pretty funny. And, it, and you didn't take it personally. It was just, you know, that's, that was, that was uh, you know, it was very touching for them to ask me to come up because not a lot of people got to do that. I didn't think. Um, and, you know, after that first year, especially, you know, getting to know Charles and obviously with, with John um, Rotman, who is still a very dear friend and we get together, uh, you know, throughout the year, uh, you know, just getting to know everybody um, on that level is fantastic. And, yeah, but um, Charles never invited yeah. you up again because I think you went up there. You asked him to do your laundry, didn't you? Well, I, I think I might have done my laundry up there. <laughs> um, I, I don't think you were able to do it, um, but you know, occasionally get some some privileges, right, Len? Well, you know what? I, I think Dave's right, though. Like back in those days, everybody yeah. was everybody was kind of afraid of Charles and stuff. Oh, totally, totally. I, I mean, like I I remember. We had we had a guy not meeting like it was like like one of the last days of camp, and I know Steve told me that we have to keep this uh, PG rated, so I try to to keep it clean. But um, I remember I took all the kids. I was a, you know the dollar counselor or something, and I, I took him up to the Grove, and we had a meeting with Charles, and he was talking about the Israel trip, and he was really laying into the kids, and he's like, "Look to your left, look to your right," you know. And I know some of the kids in my my bunk were really scared to go, and when they heard that part. You know, they were getting a little bit nervous. And, you know, just back in that day, I don't, I don't know if it still goes on, but we had the barter system at camp where people traded clothes. Do they still do that now? Yeah, they do a, They do an open trade. They like uh, okay. a swap. They do a swap, yeah. Okay, so like I, I remember I traded like my high school varsity basketball jacket for a shirt. Um, and the shirt on the front part, it said, if you can't take a joke. But then if you lift it up, it said the word F-U or whatever, you know. You know right. So... So we're at the meeting and Charles is like, look to your left, look to your right, because one of you is going to be sent home from the Israel trip. I, I, I saw the kids' faces and I was standing right behind Charles and I lifted up the shirt where you, all the kids saw it and said, F, you know, the word F you. Right. And oh, they all start cracking up, you know, and then Charles quickly turned around, you know, I had the shirt down already. And he's looking at me like, right. like you son of a, you know, and then afterwards he walked up to me, he goes, I know you did something behind my back, but it's okay. It's okay, <laughs> but, but when I lifted up this shirt, it just completely changed the tone of the meeting. <laughs> and but I mean, but they were they were afraid of them. It was yeah. Well, afraid. it was a really us versus them kind of mentality back then. And then when once after Charles's tenure, that the, the change was more family. It felt, it felt like one big family for the last uh, you know when uh, Kenny and Marcy took over after Charles. So that that's what I thought the biggest change was. And you know, and then I could go on about that whole thing, but that's a whole other podcast. But I wanted to ask you, Lenny, especially um, you were a head of athletics for uh, several years. Like you created the all-star league. 
you were a fixture. Like Dave was talking earlier about, you know, the phone call. If Charles was coming down, you would answer the phone at the H-head. And then you'd call down to Leslie. In fact, we did a um, a spoof of that on video for one of the late night with Dave Dave Letterman, hosted by Dave Herman, with the James Bond music and had Charles's James Bond saying, and Iris started the thing, and she would pick up the phone and go, he's on his way. But uh, And then, you know, it trickled down to arts and crafts through, through camp. But uh, I, I meant to... Uh, I wanted to mention that, but Lynn, let's talk about you being head of athletics. That was a, a, probably your best role at camp. Um, I, well, I second, did, second best role. I did, no I doubt. did like it a lot. Um, you know, and and again, at that point when I did that, Stu was the program director, and pretty much he he, he gave me a free hand to do what I wanted to, and I I literally wrote the entire schedule for the whole summer up before camp and gave it to him. He's like, I love this. You know, he, yeah. he, he was really very organized, as, as you might remember. So anything you did organize, he loved, um, you know, and I remember going up to him and saying, you know what, I, I know we have the tennis tournament. I know we have you know softball game. I said, how about YJ host a basketball tournament? And he's like, I love that idea. And we initiated that. And we started the basketball tournament. That's what I thought. That's 1981. That was the first year of the YJ hoops uh, because that's a that still goes on today. Yeah, and I, and I figure you did have your hand in that. So that's thanks for validating that. That's yeah, uh, that's good. Stu and I we did that together because when I was a camper, um, this is going back now. I think it was in 1976. There was a, a counselor named Keith Glasser, okay, um, and he actually played basketball at, at Charles's College at Babson College, but he. Um, he was a great guy, and he he put some some street kids into YJ. You know, none of them were Jewish, um, and we had a, actually a basketball game against them. And you know, for me, it was great because you know I grew up in Fort Lee, and we played street ball, and you know it was it was awesome. And for me, it was like being home playing. And 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 Keith is Keith Glasser was like, these guys are good. They're gonna wipe you guys up. You know, you know, and they came in like, oh, these these Jewish kids can't play basketball. And, and I remember we, we cleaned cleaned up. I mean, we just wiped them, you know. We and YJ for basketball, we were always very good. And the, every year we were there. I mean, we was camper counselor, but that that's how the idea came to me. Like we played, you know, an outside, you know, a local school, I guess, uh, from from Nashua or something. And that's how the idea oh. came to me. Like, why don't we have a basketball tournament at the camp? You know, we do it for tennis, we do it for everything else. Let's try it. And Stuart's like, let's go for it. Yeah, so. and, it's, and it still happens, you know, it hasn't happened the last couple of years because of the vid, but we were scheduling it. Uh, we've already scheduled for this upcoming summer. Yeah. Fingers crossed. So both of you guys and myself and Stu were all area heads in boys area, you know, in the, you guys in the eighties, me and more recently in 07 through uh, 19, I think it was, but Lynn, I, I, uh, one of my first two years as, uh, first two years as a counselor, you were the area head with first year was with Jeff Brenner and the second year with Jeff Tolson. And I couldn't have been happier. Like that was, it was that to me, that's how you ran an area. Do you, do you remember that time? Yeah, I do. Because you know what? We, 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 I mean, we mean, and Jeff Brenner did it. We were both camp and I was actually his counselor at one point, but you know, we were both campers and Jeff Tolson was like a funny guy. Um, yeah, he was a lot of fun, but you know, we, we were just all down to earth, and pretty much we had the attitude like, just do what you're supposed to do, you know? Right, right, right. And, and that's it. You know, you do things the right way, and and everything runs fine, and 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 have good communication, and and that's how the chain of events work. You know, a, a council may have a problem, you come over to me or one of the Jeffs, and then we would go to Charles, and Charles would give his feedback. We go back to the counselor, you know, call the parents, and 
you know, this it was a very smooth operation and stress-free and, you know, we were there to help people and, and that was our job. We took it seriously and, and you know, it, it, just, it was just, you know, a stress-free boys area. That's what yeah. we wanted. That's what I, you know, and uh, that's what I wanted when I, when I was, when I took over in the area, I said, you know, the, I only remember your, those first two years because those, I liked working for you. That was great. And the other guys, no disrespect to the other area heads who came in after, but they were usually one and done through at least three years in a row, 89, 90 and 91. They were one and done until we had a guy named Eric Pell come in and solidify the area for a, a good decade. But, and, and Abe, you know, I was a camper when you were a uh, area head and I remember you being like being the man uh as well just being really you know down earth and hanging out with the kids well you know you know it's really funny um because i think being a camper and seeing how the area was run you know when Stu was running it and others were running the area and how they handled you know mish and and you know uh the the counselors and you know discipline issues and that kind of stuff i think helped out a you know great deal um, and it's interesting because, you know, Jeff Brenner was my first uh, co-counselor when he came back on staff. Uh, we were in Bunk 7, actually. <laughs> Lenny, oh. Old Bunk and, and saw Lenny's name all over the place. Yeah, Lenny was a prolific uh, um, Yeah, it was, it was great. So, uh, you know, and, and he used to tell me that nobody will, will ever, you know, eclipse him. <laughs> and, you know, I did. I mean, I think there are cabins that I never I never actually stayed in or was in the alcove uh, that I might have signed um, my name. So uh, just because. Uh, but, no, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, we all had the benefit of seeing seeing how things were run from um, our, the camper view. And uh, that was very helpful. But. You know, Len was lucky to have Jeff with him because, you know, I know from being with Jeff and, and Jeff is another one of those guys that, you know, I'm still very, very, you know, friendly with uh, throughout, you know, my time there and after. Um, he's just a great friend and, you know, all the Brenners, quite frankly, um, that, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, we had, he was lucky to have such a good, good co-counselor. Uh, uh, Jeff, Jeff's you great. Know, you know, he's younger than I am, but he was more mature than I was. <laughs> yeah, there you this go. Is, as, say, this is this is true. This is true. This is true. Now, this is true. Abe, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up a story. Hopefully, Len, you should remember this. This is so. Let you the in '89, Len leads the Israel trip with uh, Nancy Berkowitz, and uh, they then the next year, Len's not at camp. 1990, Len is not at camp for the first time, and you know, not counting the 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 year, uh, the Israel year, but first time in like 20 years. All of a sudden, the head of athletics that year goes home, went home early for some reason, and I remember this like it was yesterday in the old dining hall up the stairs. In comes Len Saunders and his whole dining hall. And I've never heard a bigger pop at YJ in all my years there. The whole standing ovation. Len, do you remember this? Uh, yeah, I remember. Because, you know what? I, 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 had a, I, <laughs> I had a girlfriend at the time. And, you know, I was like, I can't leave for two months. You know, I'm in New Jersey. It's not like I can visit. And I just rescued a cat from a, an animal shelter. And I was I, like, Charles gives me a call. He's like, look, he goes, we need you to come back to camp. I'm like, Charles, I said, I finally broke away from this place, which was very difficult for me. I said, don't, sure. don't draw me back in. He's like, 
we'll do whatever you need to do. We'll, we'll, we'll find, you know, some place for you to stay up and, you know, the nicer part of the camp at, at the top of the hill where the, the cabins were. And I, I said, look, Charles, I just got a, a kitten. It's like eight weeks old. He goes, bring the cat with you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. So I was like, all right. I said, he goes, take as long as you need. Take a day or two and then come up, you know. I was like, okay, Charles. You know, so I packed everything up and got up there. And I had a good summer. You know, that was my last year there. Um, but I had a good summer. And, and, you know, everybody made me feel so welcome, even though, you know, I left the camp and came back. And. You know, it's like I picked up right where I left off. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, it was what it literally was one of my favorite memories of all my memories of camp was that time. Guys, we only have got a couple of minutes. You know, we could go for like four hours. I feel like that. But uh, just a quick, uh, quick update. What are you guys up to? Abe, we kind of know what you're up to now. But uh, you want to give us the thirty second update? Yeah. So as as you mentioned, I I am on the board. I I uh, I'm an attorney in in Portland, Maine, uh, working in a good-sized law firm uh, called uh, Beryl Dana. Uh, do, do we cheat them in hell? What's that? Do we cheat them in hell? <laughs> hey, you know, I remember I remember somebody uh, chasing a, a former, you know, dead member, the state theater in Portland, <laughs> calling me and saying, how do, yeah. I, how do I find this place? So, uh, you know. It's right next door. <laughs> so, there you go. But, um, no, I um, – I, you know, I've been practicing for, well, since camp, basically. Uh, and then uh, I do some family law work. I, I uh, represent some baseball players. I'm a, you know, certified agent with the Major League Baseball Players Association. I've had my, my taste of guys going up to the big leagues, which has been fun. Um, and uh, it's a hard, hard um, a career path because it can be really costly, but my firm has been very good in helping me through that, so it's been great. And uh, I also am my uh, uh, hitting coach. And um, actually, this year I'll be starting to uh, uh, work on staff with my um, former uh, my my alma mater at Falmouth High School in right outside of Portland. Oh, so uh, looking forward to doing that, and uh, I, you know, look forward to even more so when Lenny and I are talking. You know, seeing clips of Len's son, Ryan, who's just a phenomenal ball player. So I'm just hoping that I'll be still alive when he's eligible for the draft. I think so. I think so. Uh, Len used to hit these bombs on Foster Field uh, Saturday afternoon softball when staff would take him in. Len, you and Larry Clef, when when I was a camper, like, wow, just bombs into the woods from the right side. Yeah, and I heard that the field doesn't look the same anymore. Yeah, we switched it because the dining hall is near boys' area, so where, like, the left field was. So the home plates, it was, like, rotated, like, 90 degrees, basically. So home plate's in the corner now. So if you hit one to the left, it would, you know, kind of sail towards the soccer field and girls' area. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I noticed, Itzy, that you didn't mention anything about me putting balls into the into the uh, woods. I still insisted back then that Lenny and, and both Len and Clef get tested before it was even yeah, passable. Well, so, you know. Right, right, right. No, Abe, you, I, you know, you were prolific, but those guys had the, the you know, the, the run. It's true. They, it's that true. They had the run. So, Len, Len, before Len, you're going to tell us what you happened first, but I got to tell you two fun facts about Len Saunders. And uh, because we we're over time, actually, Len, who, how did you get, how did uh, you propose to your wife, Julie? 
Um, well, back in the day, <laughs> she loved that show, Cheers, um, which was on NBC. Um, and it took, actually, it's a Bowen Finch in Boston, right? That, yeah, uh, yeah, Bowen Finch, yeah. Uh, but that show was on every week, and she loved that show, and I can never call her during that show. But I got George Went, one of the actors on the show, to propose to her for me. Um, and what I did was he just videotaped himself, you know, saying, Julie, will you marry me? And something, or will you marry Len, whatever? And I, I cut it, like at the time we had VCRs, so I cut it into a tape. So when she's watching a show that we taped together, it would come on with George's face saying, Julie Lenny wants to know if you marry him. Um, right. Wasn't, weren't you on Sally, Jesse, Raphael, that old talk show? Oh, uh, yeah. We were on that. Entertainment yeah. Tonight. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. And yeah. then Len has a project called uh, Project Aces, a federally funded program called All Children Exercise Simultaneously, if, I, if I'm if i saying that correctly. Yeah. Um, but you were down there, remember, in Washington, D.C., because you sent me a picture of it. You got to meet Hans and Franz, uh, Dana Carvey and Kevin Nealon. Yeah, I mean, me and you, we used to imitate them all the time. I used to walk up to you and go, yeah, Steve, you got the flabby petroleum muscles. <laughs> you would imitate them. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, but yeah, I got invited to, you know, White House and I met the president and things. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Which, who was the president back then? Was it Bush? Yeah. The first Bush. The first Bush. So, and Len, what are you up to now? Uh, I'm still a teacher, um, teaching at the same school for almost 40 years. Um, wow. Going to retire soon, I guess. Um, and, uh, I'm a spokesperson for the American Heart Association on childhood obesity. Um, I've been writing some books, um, you know keep myself busy cool anytime you guys you know abe you can come up to camp when you can but len len hasn't been back in camp since 1990 we've got to get you up here one one of these days yeah you know what i think it'll be hard for me to go up there because i won't want to leave well there you go you know if you move in bring the bring everybody <laughs> hey guys i want to thank you so much this has just been a thrill for me and i hope for everyone listening to again we've had dave abramson from dollar 78 and lenny saunders from dollar 76 two great guys two heroes of mine at camp and two good 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 two good old friends so thank you guys hey our pleasure my pleasure our Glad pleasure to speak for you <laughs> <laughs> And, That's and, a, what's that, Lynn? And for all the people listening, like I said, Itzy told us we got to keep this clean. So that's why me and Dave were very well behaved. <laughs> exactly. Well, we should produce a, a YJ after dark, uh, you know, but maybe, maybe, maybe down the road. Ah. So cool. Thank you, guys. Steve, thank you. Thank you.